Hello, and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1867, and the topic and title is 40th birthday. It is my birthday today. So the day you're listening to this podcast, November 28th, is my birthday. Pretty awesome. I wanted to share the impact of aging on nutrition and training. I do not feel old, so I'm not making this podcast because I feel old. But I laugh because so many clients and people I talk to, uh, whether it's gym members, potential members, people in community, uh, just, you know, regular life, they always, it, it seems to be that like as people get to their 40s, they feel like, you know, oh, you know, I don't squat anymore because it hurts my knees. I don't do this because it hurts my back and blah, 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 blah. And everybody blames age. You know, you know well, how it is when you get older, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, shut up. <laughs> so I'm probably going to offend everybody. But I don't, I don't, it's not age. It literally is not age. And I want to talk through what I've experienced getting older and then make a little case for what I think the real reason is uh, at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to hook you and make you wait to the end. But today is my 40th birthday, so happy birthday to me. I started learning about, well, actually learning and experimenting. There was mostly experimenting at first, learning later, uh, with nutrition and training when I was 15 years old. I started officially lifting weights at 16. So from 15 to 16, I was doing push-ups and sit-ups every day. And then at 16 years old, I started weight training. So from 16 to 40 is 24 years, if I've learned math in in my day. Uh, So 24 years of lifting weights. Now, along that span of 24 years, the most amount of time I have ever missed of lifting weights has been seven days in a row. So from like a Sunday to a Sunday or a Wednesday to a Wednesday. So I missed a week. And I've done that twice. So I've missed a week of training twice in 24 years. That's pretty good. I'm still frustrated that I have to say a full week. (laughs) But that's pretty good. Now, one of the times I had extremely bad inflammation, full systemic, systemic inflammation. I was incredibly overworked and incredibly undereating. It was when I had opened the gym. I was training 10 to 12 hours on my feet every day, training clients. Then I was trying to do my own workouts, plus clean the gym, you know, organize stuff, uh, traveling on weekends when I wasn't training somebody to go get equipment. And I just wasn't eating enough, wasn't recovering. One day, a bolt was loose in our seated lateral raise and I tried to tighten it and I ended up throwing up in the gym because my elbow hurt so bad. Everything was so inflamed. So I took a week off from lifting. Now I was still training 10 to 12 hours of clients a day because I needed money, (laughs) but I did technically take the week off from my own workouts. The second time I was dealing with emotional and mental stress, like depression and anxiety type things. I remember uh, at that phase, I put on my headset to lift weights, like to listen to music. It was like the, uh, I don't know what they're called, not earbuds, but the ones that have like the, like they look like earmuffs, (laughs) that style of headset. And I started having a panic attack because I felt like it was like too constricting. (laughs) So I was definitely hurting uh, emotionally, mentally. And I decided to instead just go for a walk every night rather than lifting weights as a way to still be active, but it was a week without weights. So in 24 years, I have put in a lot of work. 
<laughs> I started lifting weights when I was 16 at, uh, I was 165 pounds and skinny fat, way more fat than, than muscle. And then by 18, I had gained four inches of height, but I was still 165. But now I weigh 285 pounds and I'm the leanest I've ever been. I have a lower body fat percentage at 285 than I did at 165. Uh, so I've, I've gained a lot of muscle, put a lot of strength on my body. Uh, I've just put in a lot of work. <laughs> That's uh, There were years, especially when I was younger, through 16, 17, 18, uh, 19, 20, early 20s, I was training every single day for a full year. I did it as a challenge, I think, when I was 17 or something. I loved the feeling of it, so I ended up doing it again at another time. So there have been years where I trained every single day. And it's just been a lot of volume, a lot of wear and tear. So I wanted to kind of address the question of at 40 years old, you know, 24 years of lifting weights, a lot of intensity in lifting weights. How am I holding up? You know, how am I holding up at 40? Well, pretty damn good. (laughs) I feel okay. I have some injuries that I've had over the years that I have to kind of train around. One of them is I partially tore my right bicep uh, tendon. Now, when I went and got advice for what to do with it. They said it was, um, it wasn't torn 50% through. It was like torn like kind of a third of the way through. They suggested that I could get surgery. At the time, I didn't have any money, so I decided not to. And I've just learned to train around it. The There's really no major issue when I do bicep exercises. I go for metabolic damage rather than sheer force damage. So I'm not going to lift like a heavy set of six to eight on bicep curls. That way I don't detach my bicep. So instead I do more time under tension, more pump style work to try to get the stress in the tissue to get it to grow through that. Now my arms have been 20 inches, so they've, I've gotten them to grow. Uh, so it hasn't held me back. Now, could they be a little bigger? I want them to, <laughs> and I'm going to keep working on it. But I have 20-inch arms, so they've grown. And the other thing is when I train my back, I have to make sure I don't do two kind of uh, rowing motions in a row. Like if I superset, you know, say a cable-seated row into a machine row, uh, my bicep isn't going to handle two rows back-to-back. So I tend to, when I do supersets, I might do an um one movement is a non-row, so maybe a, an upright row, which is literally just, I just said the word row, but it's a different movement. Uh, so I might do an upright row, I might do a straight arm lat pull down, uh, I'll do different variations, and then I'll superset that with a, a rowing motion, like a cable seated row. So I just have to play around with a little bit of what I do uh, weight load wise and bicep exercises and exercise selection with back training. Then another injury is my right knee. One one year, was, um, I forget how many years ago, but I was showing somebody a sumo deadlift stance. So I was standing there showing them sumo deadlift. I wasn't even weighted. It was so frustrating. I was just standing in that wide stance, feet near, like, and knees out. And I said, hey, when you stand up, we want to make sure our knees don't rotate in. We want them to keep them externally rotated out. And whenever I dipped my knee in to show them, just in my body weight, I felt this slice and then this real hot, like wet heat in my knee. So I think I tore the meniscus in my knee. That sucker was annoying as hell to kind of fix. It took me like six months or so, but I fixed it without any surgery. Now, the only thing I have to do when I train is if I, if I don't position my right foot correctly, my knee feels like it's going to pop out of, out of place, like out of track. 
So that's probably not going to feel very comfortable. So I tried not to do that. So I just have to play attention with my foot position, my my angle of my upper leg, but it has not held me back. I still went on and squatted 600 pounds in knee sleeves, so it didn't hold me back. It's just something I have to be uh, aware of. And then the other thing I deal with is my left forearm. I partially tore my right bicep, my left bicep, trying to pick up an atlas stone one time. I... Um, it wasn't anything I haven't done before. It was just I haven't trained in a uh, I haven't trained heavy loads in a while because it was back in like 2020, and I was underfed, underhydrated that day, trying to just have some fun doing some odd stuff. And when I went to lift the stone off the ground, I felt it tear. So I tore the upper end of the outer head uh, where it connects into the shoulder. Due to that, that muscle doesn't share its it doesn't control its fair share of workload. So what happens is the brachioradialis on that left arm gets frustrated and the connection point into the forearm can get inflamed very quickly. So I have to just be a little careful of that. Uh, How I train that is simply, it sounds odd, but I have to do um, forearm work. I just have to do reverse curls, like wrist curls. So like palm facing down wrist curls and bicep curls. And if I train my brachioradialis to make sure it doesn't get overly tight, I can reduce the inflammation and there's no pain. So I just have to do that once every two weeks or so. Just a you know, quick six, seven, eight sets once every two weeks, moderate weight load, and it stays at bay. So those are the really the only things I have to work around. So at 40 years old, 24 years of lifting, lots of wear and tear, lots of injuries and you know, chaos. Uh, but I'm fine. <laughs> like I said, I've still been able to build up to 285 pounds, leaner than ever. I, I feel good. I'm, I'm very fortunate, knock on wood, that I've been able to learn how to moderate and work through and work around and adjust for the different stresses and chaos that I've put my body through. So the three things that I've learned in training that I definitely implement now, I pay more attention to at 40 than I did in my, say, early 20s. One is to plan my intensity. I don't go into the gym thinking I'm going to max, like, go to good form failure and beyond every single workout all the time. What I tend to do is the same thing I do with my clients. Imagine that. So if it works for me and it, and it works for some of my clients, I'm going to definitely share it with the rest of my clients. So I'm, I'm learning and experimenting as I get and I pass that on to them is we do roughly four-week programs. Everybody's a little bit different here and there. Uh, there are outliers from time to time, but we do four-week programs. So week one, you get brand new exercises, new workout structures. Kind of, You're going to go through that week figuring it out. You know, go, okay, so this is the position I'm doing this week for this and this for this. You know, so you're learning your movements week one. Week two, you come in, you try to go extra rep or two, maybe an extra five pounds here or there uh, with the movements because now you feel a little more comfortable with them. Then week three and four, I will push my intensity. I might even add rest pause or drop sets, uh, tempo controlled sets, do some other odds and ends, try to push my intensity in weeks three or four. And then I back off the intensity in the next program's week one when I get brand new movements and try new uh, sequences and things. So I just do like what I call a wave protocol to my intensity. I I have a week where I'm in the gym, I'm working hard, but nothing is to like good form failure. It's just kind of pushing close to failure. I don't want my technique to suffer at all. I'm just getting the movements in, 
You can think of it if you do an RPE scale, rate of perceived exertion, might be working up to an eight. If you do uh, reps in reserve, I might stop when I know I have maybe one or two good reps in in that week one. And then when I get into weeks two, three, and four, I start pushing closer to nine RPE or 10 RPE. Uh, and then, you know, zero RIR, zero reps in reserve. That's when I really push. So it's just this wave, this four-week wave. And the more I pay attention to that, the more I utilize that, uh, I just feel less aches and pains or less annoyances. And I just feel more freedom of movement in my everyday life. The next tip is warm-ups. Take your time to warm up. Uh, I do not do long warm-ups. Hopefully my clients would all attest to this and, under, and believe it as well. Is my, Our warm-ups maybe take 10-15 minutes, that's it. Uh, the other day I was doing squats and I just did an echo bike legs only for two minutes and then I did body weight, 10 body weight squats, echo bike for two minutes. I went over and squatted the bar, echo bike for two minutes, squatted 135 pounds for a couple reps, echo bike for two minutes, and then I did the rest of my warm-ups all the way into my squat. So it could be something as simple as that, you know, just throwing in a little bit of high repetition, a little bit of blood flow work to get everything moving. But the benefits of the 10 to 15 minute kind of warm-ups is it reduces, again, uh, consequential aches and pains after the workout. Because before you got into the workout, by doing proper warm-ups, you've uh, evened out any muscle tightness differences around your joints, and you're going to ensure that throughout the rest of the workout, you're going to move more evenly through your joints. Therefore, your recovery is actually easier on the body. So the warm-up not only does it help you perform for that day, but it helps you have less recovery demand and less annoyances between that workout and the next workout. And then the third thing is knowing and understanding when to use shear force damage versus metabolic damage for muscle development. Uh, shear force damage is lifting the heaviest thing you possibly can for a given rep range. So say 10 reps, you're just going to lift it as heavy, as aggressive, and just balls of the wall as you can for 10 reps. Whereas metabolic damage, I might do, okay, if I could do 100 pounds for 10 reps, why don't I do 80 pounds and just move at a little bit slower tempo? So instead of my reps going like one, two, three, four, I might do it at like one, two, three, four. So I'll move a little bit slower with a little bit lighter weight. That still gives me a demand and a stress load into the tissues, but it's a higher time under tension stress load, a little bit lighter weight so it doesn't aggravate the connective tissues as much. So I implement more metabolic damage techniques and, and processes into my workouts rather than just always sheer force damage. But those are the three things that I know that I pay attention to more now than I did in my early 20s is planning my intensity using that wave protocol, that four-week wave protocol, making sure I always do warm-ups, even just 10, 15 minutes, and then blending in more metabolic damage with sheer force damage. Now, how has aging impacted my nutrition? Really nothing. There's there, like My body doesn't respond differently to food. Now, as I've gotten older, I've had more body issues related to food. <laughs> There's a difference. Um, so I have uh, esophagitis and gastroparesis. So esophagitis is just inflammation of your esophagus. And I didn't know that. I only got that um, diagnosed and dealt with here in my late 30s. So I take a, a meprazole, which is like a heartburn kind of medicine. And I take that and it helps keep that at bay. And then the gastroparesis, I really can't do anything about. It's just, uh, it is what it is. So 
What that means is I digest food slower than normal, which means I can't eat as much per meal. So I just have to plan more meals throughout the day. I pick uh, faster digesting type foods uh, to make sure something's not sitting in my stomach forever. Uh, Just with food selection. So I've adjusted, and like I said, I'm still six foot tall, like 285 pounds, lowest body fat percentage ever. So you can still grow with gastroparesis. It's just you have to be more calculated and more intentional with the meal timing and food choices. And then as I've gotten older and life tends to throw more curveballs at you, I do have IBS, so irritable bowel syndrome. Is you know If I'm a little stressed about we're having to travel for a day or do this or that for a day or I'm in a new place and... You know, where's the restroom? Where am I going to get food? Where am I? Where can I get something to drink? I'll I'll be more um, likely to have uh, digestive issues if I eat. So I tend to only eat very familiar foods when I'm out and about. <laughs> uh, so if I go to a restaurant, I'm going to have like chicken breast and vegetables. Boring as hell. I understand, but my body responds better to it. So if I want to have pizza, I'm going to have that at home. If I, you know, if I want to have ice cream, I'm going to have that at home. I tend to just eat um, unknown foods when I'm calmer, when life is a little calmer, when I'm in a safe place, safe place, and that just helps keep my IBS at bay. So uh, getting older, you know, the development of esophagitis, the development of gastroparesis, the development of IBS, those are things I do now have to work around, but they don't hold me back at all. You know, I've been able to find the adjustments, figure out how to work through it, and uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> so I'm very blessed. I do understand that uh, a, a significant portion of it is due to luck. I have worked with clients who have not been as lucky, and they do have issues that are very severe and very challenging to work through and around. Uh, so I don't take that for granted. But also at the same time as I do work on myself and make sure I adjust for what I can and, and take care of myself. Now, that's the thing that I've kind of noticed. Uh, well, before I get there, so strength. What about strength as I've gotten older? I, when I trained for powerlifting specifically, I was able to work up to a 600-pound squat and sleeves, 430 bench, and a 700 deadlift. I don't train for strength right now. I train for aesthetic balance. I want to just look better in my videos so that way people will listen to the information I provide and I can help more people. People do judge you based on how you look. I want to look better for videos to look more aesthetic. So that way people um, would believe that there's credibility before they even hear me speak. So I want to help more people. I want to reach more people. I want to grow, uh, you know, social media reach. I want to help others. And if I just continue to look more and more the part, that's going to help people listen better and then I can better help them. So I have been training more for that. And that's been a good uh, year and a half, maybe two years. So I haven't really lifted heavy. I mean, recently I did... Uh, in a squat workout, I did 315 for 10. I've benched 315 for 10 recently. I did a deadlift 405 for 10 recently. So I still have decent strength. I just don't train for the top end uh, 100 maxes currently. But my strength is still there. So what I've noticed about getting older for myself and training older clients is three things that I think are more important uh as you accumulate time. So it's not aging. I'm going to fix that in a second. But the three things I would encourage you to look at. Number one is get your hormones checked. Get your blood checked. Um, as we age, our testosterone, estrogen, and other elements, uh, they can all be a little skewed. And you're not going to be optimal. Some of that is, uh, 
you know, this is where you say the disclaimer, I'm not a medical doctor and you got to do whatever you want to do in life, blah, 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 blah. But if you're, if you're a physiological range would be healthy. So I'm just going to make up numbers that are not related to hormones. Let's say that you can have happy hormones somewhere between five and 10 and you're healthy. Now, if you go below five, say your happy hormones are only four, you're not going to feel that great. You're just not going to feel good. Let's say you're hovering between four and five. Hormones, in part, regulate everything. <laughs> they regulate muscle tissue. They regulate strength. They regulate recovery. They regulate body fat formation. They are so ridiculously involved in physical health, not only in how we look, but how we feel. So if I'm hovering around a four or five, but I really could be six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and be healthy. Now, granted, maybe I take steroids and drugs, and all of a sudden I'm a level 15. That's not healthy. Uh, so I'm talking about a healthy range. I believe it's best to be within the healthy range, and why not be in the higher end of the healthy range? Why not optimize your hormones? Now, you can do that with sleep quality. You can do that with nutrition. I'm not saying take drugs, but it would be helpful to get your hormones checked to see where they're at. And if you're a little low, start putting more effort into what helps that, whether that's sleep quality, nutrition, uh, other odds and ends. There's other things you can do. But looking into your hormones, seeing where they're at, and then making sure you're addressing it if they're low. That is going to make a huge difference. When you're in your 20s, you probably don't have to worry about hormones. But when you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, yes. So as you get older in age, it would be a good idea to pay more attention to things that sometimes wean away and drop off as we age. So hormones, I would definitely recommend people get checked. Second thing is sleep quality. For the love of God, you've got to get some sleep. <laughs> Uh, what I have found is at 40, you know, my late 30s, uh, I can't have as many back-to-back -back short nights of sleep as I used to have in my 20s and feel okay. I'm just not going to feel okay now. <laughs> I still do what I got to do. I'm just more tired and quiet and annoyed by everything uh, while I'm doing it. But sleep quality is extremely, extremely important. I would definitely recommend trying to optimize sleep quality because it will so significantly impact your day as well as your aesthetics and how you feel so podcast 1149 we did a podcast on sleep it's called creating a healthier sleep pattern you can access older podcasts on our website you can go to our website scroll to the bottom of the home page we have a podcast player that goes back 300 episodes and then underneath that player we have descriptions on how to find older podcasts such as podcast 1149 you want to optimize sleep quality it's going to help optimize hormones as well as just help with daily energy, help with body composition, help you not feel so miserable. You'll have more energy to do all the things you're supposed to be doing during the day, uh, such as eating healthier, which is tip number three, which is making sure you're getting in enough protein. If you are not eating enough protein, you are going to fall behind on body repairs. The body's going to slowly deteriorate. If you have a little bit of a shoulder problem, it's only going to get worse. If you have a little bit of a back problem, a hip problem, tight muscles, whatever it might be. I had a client one time that was telling me that she wanted to fix her shoulder. She wanted all the exercises in the world to help her shoulder, but she was only eating about 60, 70, 80 grams of protein a day. And it's like, that's just, that's not going to, the exercises aren't going to do anything. 
your what the exercises do are to basically tell the body, hey, this muscle that I'm like I'm making work. I want you to build this thing up. Then the body's going to look and say, well, what the hell do you want me to build it with? Where's the protein? What you know? If you want a brick house, where are the damn bricks? If you don't give me any bricks, how can I build a brick house? So you can exercise all you want, but if you don't have protein, what the hell are you going to get for it? Nothing. So we have to make sure that we're eating enough protein. When you're younger, the wear and tear hasn't had an impact yet. So you can get away with it younger and not notice it. But as you get older, you get further and farther behind on muscle repairs and joint repairs. It's only going to be worse and worse and worse as you get older. So those are the three things that I would definitely, definitely, definitely urge you to account for. Is getting your hormones checked, try to improve your sleep quality, and make sure you get enough protein in. Now, going back to aging, when people say, you know, uh, as you get older, you just tend to feel like crap, or, you know, like as I've gotten older, I've just gotten fatter. As I've gotten older, I've gotten weaker. As I've gotten older, my knee hurts. It's not age. It's not age. It's not age. It's not age. It frustrates me. It bothers me. Because if it's age, you can't do a damn thing about it. Now, you may be choosing to give away your power to do something about it. Because then you could bitch and whine and stay lazy and not do anything about it. But it's not age. It's accumulated lack of self-care. That is why as you get older, things hurt. That is why as you get older, things don't feel as good as they used to feel. It's accumulated lack of self-care. You eat like shit, you move like shit, you're now going to feel like shit. It adds up. It's not age, it's not age, it's not age. The reason why this is so important to understand is if it's lack of self-care, I can influence that. I can have a sense of control. There's something I can do. I can address my self-care. And I can reverse the impact of aging. It's true. You could do it. I've done it a gajillion times. <laughs> I've done it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. My mom's a great example. I mention her all the time. But she never touched a weight till she was 47 years old. After 50 years old, she did three bodybuilding shows, over 10 powerlifting meets. She has absolutely kicked ass. She, and it's all after 50. I had another client uh, injured his back when he was in his 20s. Doctors told him not to lift weights because they were dumbasses. And he was afraid of it, afraid of it, afraid of it, got overweight, felt miserable. He came to me in his late 40s, and on his, his 50th year of being alive, so not on his birthday, but while he was 50, he deadlifted 500 pounds. Boom! <laughs> and we were super happy about that. That's hell motivating. So it's not age. It's, it's accumulated lack of self-care. If you want to make a difference, recognize its accumulated lack of self-care. If you do not want to make a difference, if you want to excuse, keep blaming age. And then you don't have to be the one responsible for it. But if you want to make a change, if you want to make sure that the negative impacts of age never come your way or delay them as long as possible, or if you're struggling right now, and you want to try to reverse it. Recognize it's accumulated lack of self-care. Address the self-care, and the negative impact of aging will go away. Okay? Well, that's my happy <laughs> 40th birthday message. Uh, I, I do hope this was helpful. I hope people enjoyed listening to it. And I hope that you look into it. You know, look into your hormones, work on sleep quality, make sure you get enough protein in. 
recognize that you can have more control than what you might realize. If you're struggling with anything, if you need anything, we're doing free 15-minute consultations right now. You can shoot me an email, brutalironjim at gmail.com, or you can sign up on our website, www.brutalironjim.com. Go to one-on-one services page. On that page is a link. You can sign up for the free 15-minute consultation. Just talk to me. Tell me what your goals are. Tell me what you're struggling with, and I'll tell you how to address it. Okay. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share on the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Chip. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.